Hi everyone, this is Victoria from We Are The Music Makers, and today I am talking about how to plan an elementary informant's part two. This is the second podcast in a two-part series about elementary music informances, what they are, how to approach them, how to plan them, and today we are talking a little bit more about the execution and kind of the detail process-oriented part of this approach. There are so many ways you can bring your community in on your classroom process, and one of those ways is through an informants. Now, an informants could be as simple as inviting parents to watch a class. Just set up some chairs in your room and you are ready to go. Alternatively, it might be something a little bit more polished and set on a stage. Whatever your choice, remember that an informants is meant to be process-based and not product-based. The goal is to educate the audience on what your students are learning in your classroom. So if you have not already listened to that first episode, go ahead and do that to hear about how to get started with informances. Today, we will cover some of the questions I've received about informants logistics. So that will include things like parent communication and choosing materials, rehearsals, and setting up the stage. So let's jump in with elementary informances part two. The first thing I want to cover is choosing material for your informants. When I have a book picked out, I go through that book with post-it notes and I write down my ideas. And again, I talked more about how I choose those books, how I, how I wrap my informants around a topic or a theme in that first podcast. When I am looking through that book, I am looking for movement words or movement images. I look for themes that I can connect musically and to developmentally appropriate folk songs. I'll look for text ideas that could be rhythmically broken up into rhythmic building blocks. So things like that. The key is to find things that tie into what you're doing already and connect the informants back to your original curriculum. So if I get an idea that doesn't connect to a concept I know that I want to teach this semester, even if it's a great idea, it does not end up in the informants presentation unless it has a clear pedagogical use. If a page seems like it doesn't really have anything that I feel inspired to musically connect to, then I will just leave that page blank. I might come back to it a day or two later, but if an idea doesn't just jump at me, then that page just doesn't have a song. And it's actually helpful to have some pages without songs or any musical material because I can use those pages as transitions in the show. So these are the pages where students will be moving off stage or going to different instruments or moving to a different formation. Having that empty space where there's not musical content, it's just the text on the page can be actually helpful. So with my book and my songs picked out, it is pretty much business as usual in the music room. Again, because an informant is meant to showcase a regular musical process, it's not something that I stop instruction for and create the program. The program is just a staging of our musical process in the classroom. 
Now that said, as I build my classroom activities, I am thinking through how they could be transferred to a stage and how easy that activity could be to explain to a parent. On my website, I have a document called Informants Planning, and something like this can be really helpful as you think through what concepts and skills you want to highlight in your informants. This document has a spot where you can venture a guess as to where your students will be musically by the date of your informants. So by the date of that production, what will they know about melody, rhythm, form, expression, or anything else? And then with those concepts in place, what do you think that your students will be able to do by that point? So that's things like sing, play barred instruments, play auxiliary percussion, um, orally identify, read and write it in standard or iconic notation, improvise, compose, arrange with that concept. Maybe they can do folk dancing or creative movement. Maybe they can do some part work so like ostinati or rounds or partner songs or things like that where do you think they will be in terms of their knowledge and their skills by their informants date and if you can project that idea that will help you kind of backwards plan in the weeks preparing for your informants on the second page of that same document, I write down some of my ideas for the informants and I will walk through the book with those post-it notes that I referenced earlier and just have a running list of the book theme. So maybe the book theme is um, uh, gardening and then I will write down a song that would go with that theme and then a concept or a skill that I can connect it to. So again, I want to be very intentional that I am not making up new material for this production. The production is the regular class activities and as I plan those regular class activities I want to make sure that they can be transferred to a stage and be easily explained to parents so it's all kind of interconnected and I want to be intentional and artistic and pedagogically sound as I put this plan into place. So that is how I choose my materials and how I connect it to a book theme and to my curriculum. With those things in place, I'm ready to start talking about the event to parents because I need parent involvement. I need parent participation in these informants because in these informances, because the purpose is to educate my parent community um, and my school community about the music room. So I always include several different modes of parent communication. Those include physical notes home and emails and flyers at the front desk and around the school. So um, a note home will have the title of the informants. So steam train, dream train, or what do you do with an idea or Harold in the purple crayon, or we're going on a bear hunt, whatever it is. The front has all that information, um, the title of the informants, the day and the time. And then on the back, I always include a brief explanation of what an informant is, since it's likely that parents are not familiar with the concept. I send home two invitations. One is about two months before the event, and then the other one is about two or three weeks before it. Now, I use Adobe Illustrator to put together all of these notes for home, 
But if you are not ready to jump into Adobe Illustrator, there is a free website called canva.com, C-A-N-V-A, canva.com, that I absolutely recommend. You can create the coolest, most beautiful flyers to send home to your parents. And it's very easy to use. It's a free program. So again, canva.com is what I recommend for that. Now, in addition to the flyer, I also send an email about two months before the production. And email is one of my primary ways to communicate with parents. So it happens more frequently as we get closer to the informant's date. In terms of school communication, you likely already have communication systems set up in your school. That is to say, um, your parents are probably used to a specific mode of receiving information from your school, whether that is a school-wide newsletter or a monthly class newsletter from their homeroom teacher or a place to promote events at the front desk. Whatever it is, find existing forms of communication and jump on those. The last parent communication piece I want to talk about is kind of a bigger subject, so I'll save um, actually diving into this for a different episode, but by far, my favorite way to invite parents is through the Seesaw app. When I use this app, students can create a um, like a commercial for the informants to invite their parents to the production. And so a way to do that that is pretty simple is to have students get into small groups and discuss what they have learned in music this year or their favorite thing about music class. So they will um, come up with a final script that is something like, in music, we are learning about Takadimi and how to sing a whole bunch of different songs. We hope you come to our informants on April 21st at 9 o'clock. See you there. And that's it. It was so simple, but it's so nice for the communication of the informants to come from someone other than me. And having students create a video for their parents, I think was pretty special. Moving on to the next decision of whether you are going to do this event on a stage, maybe in your NPR or cafeteria or gym or in your classroom. Now, in my last episode, I said that an informants can be as easy as inviting parents to your room during music class. And that absolutely is an incredibly effective way of programming an informants. Now, for a variety of reasons, I chose to go a different route and do mine a little bit more polished and on a stage. One reason was that instead of doing a different program for every single grade level or class, I believed that I could simplify my spring semester by combining grade levels. And this creates an obvious problem with holding it in your classroom because you can't fit 300 people in your classroom. So that's where I moved it to a stage. So when I am looking at the stage at my school, I set it up to look like my classroom layout as much as possible. So I will tape off the floor and arrange things about where they are in my music room. So I will tape down where um, students will put their instruments. I will tape down a circle so that we can do folk dances or games. And then I can bring in choir risers or just tape off a section so that students can have a separate section parents can see them singing in. So singing, movement, and instruments and the final result of this stage is a pretty good representation of my music room 
because the stage has a designated spot to highlight how we sing and play and move in the music room. Now, if you do not have access to a stage like this, this setup just as easily can work in a gym. You can still tape the floor and set out chairs around a staged area or in your cafeteria. You could even do it outside in your school parking lot or under a patio area or on your soccer field. Any space, if you can look at it creatively and think about how that space can mimic your regular classroom outline, I think the final result can be really helpful for parents to see. So with all of those logistics in place and because of the different grade levels that I'm combining for our informances, I need to have some rehearsals beforehand. So I always do about three rehearsals and a dress rehearsal. Something important to include right here is that I only do informances with TK through third grade students, uh, not with fourth and fifth grade. So with those younger kids, it is really important that we have time to kind of walk it through in the new space. Now, my classroom teachers, the homeroom teachers also participate. They are at all of the rehearsals and they help facilitate students moving on and off stage and they will also monitor them and stay with their class while their students are waiting to show their activity. So every teacher gets a tech sheet that includes the order of their students, so what order they need to walk on stage. It includes the script from the book and then any highlighted directions for the teachers so that they can help students move where they need to be. That highlighted section might be something where um, if, if one student has the job of starting the game to Grizzly Bear or if one student has the job of hiding the purse for Lucy Locket, I want the teachers to know so that they can help facilitate that. Or if there are um, specific instruments that students need to go get and then move, I want teachers to be able to help with that. And then also, if we need to change formation and go to something different for a folk dance, it can just be more smooth to have a different adult, to have a, an additional adult on stage helping students move to their correct places. So that's the deal there. Now, something to mention here as well is that even though our production is on a stage and even though it is a little bit more polished, it's not really a formal event. And I tell students beforehand that they are allowed to make mistakes. So if they go to the wrong spot on the stage, then there's a teacher on stage to help them redirect and it's not a big deal. In a regular music class, they will have moments where they pick up a metallophone instead of a xylophone and it's not it's not something that they need to stress about, but having another teacher there to um, just help that process along is really helpful for me. Now, one of the really special parts of the program is that my principal reads the book, and then out of respect for her time, she only shows up at the dress rehearsal, but she and I meet beforehand to go over the program, and we go over any logistics that she needs to be aware of as far as um, slowing down or speeding up or pauses or where the songs are going to be in the program and things like that. 
So at this point, we have talked about choosing materials for your informants. We have talked about uh, parent communication. We have talked about um, the stage or classroom scenario. And um, I've given you a peek into how I structure my rehearsals. And so now I want to talk about the visuals I include with this informants and the program itself. So the most important aspect of this entire production is the parent education piece. So I want to make sure that that stays the central theme of the informants. And there are several ways that I do this. The first thing is to make sure that my activities are realistic. While we do show some polished pieces, we are also going to show things that aren't quite as like stage ready as I would have them be for a traditional performance because this program is showcasing our learning. So I keep the same games we do in the classroom as well. And that is kind of tricky because it means that it is possible a parent is going to show up at the informants and watch their child get out in the production. Um, I don't change the game to make sure that everyone stays in. And I don't change the game to make sure that everyone gets a turn because that's not how it works in my classroom. I try to keep it as true to the authentic learning experience as possible. The second thing I do is a talk before the program. I will always talk a bit about what parents are about to see. So I highlight things like progress and growth. I tell parents to watch out for mistakes and to watch how their students recover from those mistakes. I will briefly share about the instruments we use and why we use them. And I will highlight any part work skills that they're going to see. I also point out that all the music in the program is student arranged. And I say it in that way, student arranged, because through the ORF approach, students have so much choice and so much input in how the pieces turn out. So my personal preference is to give them a brief overview, but then also talk as little as possible and keep this section kind of short so that we can get on to letting the kids shine. I also hand out a program that gives parents one or two things to watch or listen for. So an example of that would be um, my third graders at one point did Land of the Silver Birch at an informants and parents were instructed to watch for improvised drum solos and student created rhythms on body percussion. So anytime a student played the drum, I wanted parents to know that that was an improvisation. And then anytime they saw body percussion, I wanted them to know that that was a student composition. So in the printed program, I want parents to know what to watch or listen for. Now, really quickly, if printing programs is not something that is going to work for you, maybe um, lack of resources or lack of time or whatever it is, I have also had a lot of success using QR codes. So I will uh, create the program using Adobe Illustrator and then put it onto a Google site and have a QR code that parents can scan to go to that electronic program. And that just saves 
saves me from having to print a whole bunch of things. If you do not have access to a color printer, this is another great option to create a really beautiful colored program, but to bypass any of the actual physical printing needs. So either a physical program or a QR code. I normally do a combination of both. And then the last several things are slides, seesaw videos, and wall videos. So I will also have a slideshow going before the informants, during the production, and afterwards. Um, and a different slide for each song. So the slides themselves will have the uh, class name, and then the title of the song. And then either I will do what to watch or listen for, the same thing that was in the printed program, or I will do the national or state music standard that the song connects to. Again, I want parents to see that what we are doing is tied and grounded in a very purposeful curriculum. So even though they are watching fun and games, they are fun and games with a purpose and with a direction and with something very special happening musically. In addition to all of these things, um, at the informants itself, I also rely on the Seesaw app to show parents what we're learning. So for me, this is a really important piece of the process that gives a little bit more context for the program. And again, Seesaw is something that I need to devote more time to in a separate episode. Um, but parents love to track with their kids throughout the semester and see the progress of these songs from week to week. And then using that same material from Seesaw, I can put a picture of the class doing an activity on the wall in the hallways or near the front lobby or near um, the place where my production is going to happen. And then next to that picture of students doing an activity, I will put a QR code that parents can scan. And this QR code leads to the Seesaw video of students singing or playing instruments or moving or doing a game or whatever it is. So it's the same footage from Seesaw, but I am not doing any extra work to create it. I am just repurposing it to show more parents all of the things that we do in class. Okay, there it is. Um, to recap, we have talked today about choosing material for your informants that ties back into your regular curriculum while also being feasible to put on stage and explain to a parent or administrator. We've talked about different forms of parent communication, including emails and flyers and seesaw. We've talked about the considerations for a staged production or a more simple classroom production idea, as well as the rehearsal logistics and how I structure those at my school. We've also talked about the parent education piece in terms of the visuals, like the printed program or the slides or the wall videos. Informances are a playful way to educate your parent community about the work your students do. They are such a great advocacy tool. So this today was my personal process, but every teaching situation is unique and there is flexibility to put on a production that showcases your unique teaching style and your individual student groups.
If you have any questions about informances, I would love to hear from you. You can write me an email at victoria at wemakethemusic.org or you can find me on Instagram. My handle is at Victoria Bowler. Thank you so much for listening and happy teaching.